Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Welcome to this episode. I'm so excited to be talking about all things systems, working backwards, tackling how to get to a goal and make it happen. And then all the things that you're wondering about, about how to actually implement those things. Yeah. Spoiler alert, there's a recipe. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. So before we get started, I do want to invite on very, very soon. If you haven't heard about it yet, I want you to head to four days to sexy systems. Sign up for our brand new challenge that's happening September 5th, 2017. We can't wait. It's all about organizing systems in check, and it's Mm -hmm. going to help you with all of the things we're talking about in today's episode. (laughs) Yeah, we are diving into like one of the days in that challenge is literally like this episode, but on like way more in depth. But I feel like this topic we get the most questions about and like it's still really hard to kind of wrap your head around and even if you kind of grasped it you still like hit a bunch of roadblocks and throw a bunch of questions at us so we've gathered up the questions that we get most often about this concept of achieving goals and we're just going to tackle them today and kind of work through some of the things that might come up in your head when you're on this day inside the challenge so you can go back to this episode and be like ah this is what they said. This is how I should think about it instead. Instead of letting myself get super overwhelmed and defeated, this is what I need to be thinking about. So the overall concept that we're talking about today is working backwards to achieve a goal. Now, this concept is not new. We did not invent it. I'm sure you've heard it a million times, right? You identify the end goal. You work backwards to identify smaller chunks or tasks or to-dos that are going to help you reach that goal. And all of a sudden, once you check off those mini tasks, you've accomplished that goal and everyone's super happy and Oprah comes out and like gives you a free car, right? But identifying what that goal should be is really freaking hard. Identifying what those mini tasks can be can be super overwhelming and lead to a lot of self-doubt. What if you don't meet those mini tasks? What if you're closer to your deadline and you're not even close to reaching your goal? What do you do? How do you tackle it? We're going to talk about all of that today. Absolutely. So let's start at the beginning and talk about how hard this is and really what do you need to effectively think about what your end goal should be? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this conversation is going to be geared towards two different business owners. And I think we need to make it clear the way that we used to identify that end goal, how we used to identify what that end goal is 
is different now than how we did it at the beginning of business. And so we're going to walk you through some of the processes that we asked ourselves and that we went through when we were picking a goal year one of business versus year two going into year three, right? So at the very beginning, and it doesn't even matter if you've been in business for like a month or five years, you you know if you kind of are in that beginning stage still. If you haven't sold a lot, if you don't have a big product lineup, if you don't know what your thing should be, right? That's kind of the space that you are when someone says, okay, what do you want your end goal to be? What do you want to achieve this year in your business? And you sit there kind of frozen, like, I don't know. I don't know what that should be. I don't know what the end goal should be. I don't know what every quarter goal should be. I don't know. So I want to like put my hands on your shoulders and just reassure you that especially at the beginning, when you're in that type of season as a business owner, you feel like you're just picking a goal out of thin air and that's totally normal and totally fine. If that's how you feel, that's okay. Just leave that pressure off the table. Pick that number out of thin air. I don't care. You have to still identify something. Typically an end goal, no matter really where you are in business, especially at the end of a year goal, is geared towards what do you want to be making that year? And then you work backwards with specific tasks. If you feel like you're just making that number up, it's okay. But on the flip side of that, Abby's going to come in and say, but, but, but if you have an established business and you have data about these things, and when I'm saying data, I mean things like sales histories, subscriber numbers, growth numbers. If you look at that and you're like, okay, I, I know these, then I really want you to be thinking about this in a different mind frame because you need to be setting these goals based on history and facts rather than guesses. So either way, I think when you first start, and I do think it changes over time, but I think when you're just in that beginning phase, Mm -hmm. and even when you have an established business, but before you're like, I don't know what to call it other than you have enough money that it's just chump change at some point. But before that, a lot of you are like, that's not me. So let's talk about making some money. I want you to think about your goals in a couple of different sections. The first one I want you to think about is your ultimate revenue goal. And for most of you who are in like a one woman shop, you need to be thinking about it in terms of what do I actually want to take home this year? Mm -hmm. What do I want to bring into my household Mm -hmm. and help you use that number to build what you want your business to do for you? Well, and I still feel like sometimes people feel like that's a number that they make up because I remember being in that position where everyone was like, okay, well, how much money do you want to be making? How much money do you need to like help pay the mortgage and help pay some bills and help do this? And I was in a position, I feel like a lot of you are, where you have a partner that's the breadwinner and- All of the bills, all of the things are like taken care of pretty well by that person's income and yours is like just extra. And it's thought of as anything, anything more than what you're making now would be gravy. And that's what I've been told for so long. Anything more than you're making now would be awesome. Well, that kind of mentality is really hard to like put good pressure on yourself. And like, it's that type of conversations that I feel like, leaves a lot of us stuck in that, but it's just kind of a hobby. Like it doesn't really matter if it makes any money because we're good either way. So I encourage you, if that pressure isn't real, 
make it up. Like literally make it up. I want you to kind of play worst case scenario of like, okay, if my partner's income was cut in half, how much do I need to make sure we are stable and we're good and we're golden? Because sometimes it's hard to be like, I just want more money to like go on vacation or redo our kitchen or like it's literally just extra target spending money. That kind of top, like that kind of uh, identifying goal wise is is really like hobby centered, right? And not job centered. And so if you have to make up that pressure, that might help you. That's what I had to do at least. Well, mine was always, I'm going to put this pressure on myself because I am very much focused on the worst case scenario. But perhaps that was because when I went into business for myself, my husband had just been unemployed for a year. So he had a job at the time, but he'd only been there like less than six months. And so the reality of him potentially losing work again was was huge. And for those of you who are like, you know, I know we're like literally a decade past when all of this stuff happened in the economy where it just crashed and burned and like all that. But there's still so many repercussions from that. And depending on the industry you're in, like, for instance, my Mm -hmm. husband builds sports stadiums. Like, do you know how long that industry took to recover from that crash? Like, people couldn't buy houses, let alone think about, I'm going to build a multi-million dollar sports stadium. So that, that whole peace was suffering. So you might be your husband or your spouse or your partner or maybe you're alone. Regardless, the industry might have suffered a hit at some point. And so you might have to be thinking of more of a worst case scenario thing. But either way, regardless if you're guessing, if it's based on true need, or you're just like preparing for the end of days, you I do think having a revenue goal as like, your Q4, this is what I want goal is going to really help you build that sustainability at first. Absolutely. Well, and keep in mind that if you're if you're making up that in revenue goal, we're, we're going to get over, we're going to get into this further on in this episode of like tweaking and repeating. Like you may absolutely just not even reach it. You may way blow past it. It's okay. Like but you still have to kind of set a baseline of what you're going to measure your success on. Sure. So, I think Working backwards from that, you're like, okay, so how do I reach my revenue goal? And I think the easiest way, regardless of industry, is to think about your email list. And in the past, if you have past history of sales, like what are my customers historically purchasing? Like how much money are they spending? And if you don't have that number, then you're going to definitely have to guess this. But if you do have that number, you can figure out ultimately, okay, if my customers are spending $150 and I want to make $40,000 this year, literally you could divide $50,000 by $150 and figure out it's going to take this many people who are purchasing to, to reach my goal. Now, yeah, generally the people who purchase are only a small percentage of yeah, so that's your subscribers. 333 people, by the way. Okay. So you only need 333, but if that's only, you're only converting at 2%, which is market standard, you would need to multiply 333 by 50. Which is 16,666. So all of a sudden, 
what you need to get to your like ideal place is way different. And if you're converting way higher, like we convert way higher. So our conversion rate at the end of last year was about eight and a half percent of our list was converting to students. I think that number is actually even greater now. I'd have to redo the math, but But that tells you a lot of things. Either okay, I really need to up my game plan of getting a shit ton of people on my list or I need to raise my prices or I need to offer that current customer more things so I can raise my customer spend. Right. Absolutely. So So I I, want to kind of talk about a second here. Okay. So we, we picked the, I want to like, I want to kind of dumb all of this down and take it really, really slow because I think this gets really overwhelming. So we've picked our Q4 revenue goal. Okay. And we're telling you that the, the number one way to reach that goal the fastest is by building your email list. Okay. So we're working backwards. Q4 was a revenue goal. Q3 is an actual number on how many people you need on your list in order to reach that goal. You are going to make money off of your list. So that's just gonna be extra. But we need to assume that all of the sales for you to reach that goal are gonna come off of your email list, okay? So that's 16,666 people, right? So now that tells you, okay, now you're like, I have two goals. What what do the other ones need to be? And I know there's many tasks inside of these. At this point, it's all about growth and visibility. So it's really hard sometimes for us to get past the, I just need to sell more things. So I need to create more products. I need to have them up in the shop. I need to make sure my website looks good. I need to sell more things, right? Right now you're looking and you're acting like an entrepreneur. Right now it's okay. If those are the numbers I need, what are some fun strategies I could try to get more people there, to get more visible, to work with other people to make more sales. It's not just, I need to sell more because then you might think, okay, Q- Q2 is I need to be making, you know, 25,000 so I can re- start to reach that 50,000. Okay, Q1, it's not always about like, I need to sell this much every single month in order to reach that end goal. You need to be implementing strategies that grow your audience, your reach, that know, like, and trust, your content, all of that other stuff that it takes being a small business owner. And those things will affect how many people are on your email list, which affects how many people are buying from you, which affects you reaching your Q4 goal. Yeah. So I think generally those Q1 and Q2 things are really visibility focused and organization focused. So visibility wise, Uh how are you going to get your subscribers? How are you going to get to that point? And you know, it might be a new content strategy, it might be taking your current content strategy Mm -hmm. and like supercharging it. It could be, you know, opening a YouTube channel or putting out a podcast, it Mm -hmm. could be just blogging consistently for the first time ever. Want to learn exactly step by step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. 
When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. This is where you're going to feel like you're just guessing on strategies, but this is where tweak and repeat comes into play. Mm -hmm. You pick strategies that are easy to implement and can show you growth over time. And as long as you're measuring them and checking in with them, you can either be confident to know that, oh, hey, this is actually working for me and here's the trajectory or, oh, shit, this is not working. I need to cut it and try something else. And usually I like to make those quantifiable if possible. So like if it was to launch a podcast, okay, instead of saying I want to launch a podcast, like is there a certain number of downloads per month you want to get to? Is there like, do you want to have a certain amount of sponsors, like income wise? Well, and you could even, especially if your end goal is more people on your email list, you could say, I want to convert at 2%, 5%, 8% of my podcast listeners yeah. to my email list. So what's your strategy about that? You know, making ads about an opt-in, figuring out how you can measure what those opt-ins are. So making sure the links are trackable, really, you know, having a promotion plan for every episode, whatever that is, that's going to get more people listening. Therefore, they're going to hear about your opt-in. Therefore, they're going to sign up, which is affecting that end goal. It's all like a domino effect, babe. Yeah, domino, (laughs) domino, domino. So, you know, Q1, I always feel like it's the most, it's, it's the hardest because it's usually the simplest <laughs> because you have to you have to get there the quickest. 
So uh, make sure whatever you pick is Q1. Like this is going to help you get to all of the things. Like this is going to help you reach your ultimate goal. This is going to help you create more content. This is going to help you get more subscribers. For us, Q1 of this year was outsourcing. So we did a ton of hiring in Q1. And like mm-hmm. for most people, they'd be like, that costs you money. Like, how is that productive? Well, what it did is it got us, it bought us our time back. We were literally changing like mm-hmm. dollars for hours. Like we were getting rid mm-hmm. of the dollars for hours and giving that to someone else and saying, I'm going to borrow your hours so that I can focus on this thing over here. And it worked. It's not for everyone, but it worked for us. (laughs) Well, it may may not make sense for your Q1. I'm trying to remember, what was our Q1 for last year? We can check that out. But it's interesting how it changes year by year and where you are in business. Q1 Q1 was our email list. We actually put it instead of in Q3, we put it in. Which is a lesson we learned last year. Yeah. So we made that first, but email list growth is a snowball effect. So you have to look at the things that you're building up to as something that might not be able to be accomplished in three months. Like you just might not, but you can check off the things that are going to help you accomplish it in three months, like consistent blogging, starting a podcast, doing a YouTube channel, collaborating with some people, solidifying your product lineup, understanding what your product hierarchy is, all of those things that are going to help you solidify that end thing. And I also want to remind you, I think sometimes that, you know, people are like, okay, well, if my goal is 50 grand at the end of the year, that means I need to be making about $4,200 every single month. I cannot make $4,200 next month. I just can't. I just don't have the numbers. I don't have the audience. I don't have this. So I want to reassure you that like your first month, whenever that is, if it's January or whenever you're really starting to crunch these numbers, like you might make half of that, a quarter of that, right? And that's okay. You just have to have a plan of action for that to build on each other to where at the end, the 12th month, you might be making double or triple that because you've had some months that quote sucked or didn't bring in as much money. Right. And that's okay. That's going to build on each other. Let me give you a reality check. So year one, like this was like half TCC, half personal because we, we, we joined in September. So I'm we actually looking at the calendar so. year for the way taxes work. So in the calendar year mm-hmm. of 2015, I made about $60,000. In July of 2015, I made $75. So like literally totally suck some months. Like you can screw it all up. You can, I mean, I literally was nearly in that suit that month because I had like a client that was not it was just, it was just a bad, it was a bad, bad situation for me. And I was funny. And so I had a lot of doubt going on a lot of like, is this where I should even be? Mm-hmm. But I kept having, I persevered past that. If I hadn't, A, I wouldn't have reached the goal mm-hmm. that I had set for myself, which at the time was literally just to replace my old salary. That's all right. I, that's all I want to do. Replace my salary. And, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> You can do these things. They're just... Well, and, and we had the same thing just on a different level in 2016. Yeah. There was a month where we made, I think, $200 in like February of 2016. Yeah. Flash forward to July and we made over like 20 grand in one month. So 
you guys, <laughs> ebbs and flows, ebbs and flows. I want to touch on this question that we get all of the time. Part of it's mindset, part of it's looking at things in a different way strategically. What if I realize that the products I sell right now, like literally just cannot make me the amount of money that I want? If I'm selling products and I realize I'm going to have to have almost 17,000 people on my email list, I just do not think that's realistic to happen in a year or two years or three years. So am I not making the amount of money I want for three years? You know, not necessarily. It doesn't have it doesn't have to take forever, but some of this does take time. So, what do I you do? Know, depending on how ambitious you are, some I know some of you are like like me, and you come out and you're like, "I'm gonna own a million dollar business." Have a month where you make seventy five dollars, and you're like, "Am I really just lying to myself?" But it's like, okay, you know, three or four years into it. Like a million dollar business for us is not crazy. to be crazy. The year one, it was seventy-five dollars. You're like, what just happened? <laughs> sure. Well, and I think even if you're looking at, even if you're looking at making fifty grand this year, which is like, what? That make fifty grand? That's an amazing, right? Amazing. Okay, and your your average customer spends one hundred and fifty bucks throughout the entire year with you. I think I, I just want to like make this real obvious for you. It is not that unrealistic. Like maybe offer them more products, maybe increase the prices of your stuff, but that's only $150 throughout an entire 12 months that one person is going to spend with you. That's not that much money. It really isn't. So the idea of them spending more than that with you, if you offer them more things to buy from you, is not that far-fetched. So maybe right now they're spending about 150 with products in your shop. They're buying prints from you. They're buying an art piece from you. They're buying a blanket from you, a stamp from you, whatever it is, right? 150 bucks. In six months, what else could you offer them? That's even a different product. Like, could you go digital? Could you go workshop, in-person, strategy, community? Like, what is it that you could offer them that makes them spend 250 across 12 months with you? Like, that is literally not that much money. I spend way, like, think about where you spend your money across the year. You spend more than $150, I guaranteed, at a lot of businesses that you support right now. So how can you leverage that? It's easier to sell to people who you already have than to find new people. So it's easier for you to offer the current people, that $150 spender, more products to buy from you than it will be to reach 17,000 people on your email list, period. It just will be. So where's that strategy? What can you do there? I'm like overwhelmed for you for a minute. So I'm breath, (laughs) letting it soak in. Because, I mean, let's do some math. So, like, if we raise that 150 person to 200 even, right? So, if we take 50 grand divided by 200, so that's 250 people. That's almost 100 less people that you need to, to, to buy from you. You need a 333 last time. So, if we times that by 50, because if you're only converting at 2%, that bumps that 17,000 people on your email list that you need to 12,500. Already, that seems way more doable, right? So what I would say is increase what they're spending with you so you need less people. 
and increase your conversions inside that email list so you can convert higher than 2%. Those things are totally in your control. If you went from a 2% conversion, 4%, you only have to multiply it by 25. So what what would that number be? 6,250, 6,250. Doable. So freaking doable. So we went from needing, like, we're not going to change the way we do anything. Do, do is build our email list. We need uh-huh. 17,000 people. By just mm-hmm. bumping up their spin by $100, not doing any more dollars on average. So like you're going to have some people spend way more, some people spend less. Mm-hmm. On average, bumped it down 5,000. And then by doubling our conversion rate, we were able to cut it in half. So that tells you, okay, look at what are the open rates of your emails? What are the conversion rates of people clicking on your links? Do you need to edit your product listings, your sales page, how often you send emails? Like those things are so in your control. It's really, it feels really out of control to be like 17,000 people. I need all of these people to get on my email list. Like you cannot control who gets on your email list or not, but you can control how you're talking to them and, and how you make them feel right? That's so tweakable. I just got like super excited for a lot of you listening. (laughs) I have one person in mind. I know who you know who I'm thinking of. I hope she knows that I'm thinking of her. This literally answering this question is for her. Oh, I was like, I was like, who are you talking about? (laughs) This life, this entrepreneur life, I think for some of you, like, it's like, I want this. So I will do anything. But then you get to the, okay, but this is what I get worth it. And that you freeze. And you're like, you might have done the math and realized to get there, I need that amount. Or maybe you don't even have any data to back it up. So you're like, well, I have zero sales. I don't know what I'm doing yet. I'm starting from scratch. And like that can seem so overwhelming. And I know for mm-hmm. some, it's like, you know, it's sort of like meeting a a person you idolize, mm-hmm. like in person, like you're scared to shake their hand or like talk to them because you're like afraid they will ultimately disappoint you. Like your, your dream of owning this business, some of you just want to keep it a dream because in your head, it's so much mm-hmm. better than you ever think it could be in real life. But it doesn't have to be that way. No, our business has never, ever, ever ceased to amaze and surprise me all the time. All the time. Every single goal or strategy or thought I've ever had about TCC, every single time I'm like, damn, girl, you're doing that. And TCC is a girl, obviously. Damn, boo. I want you guys to feel that about your business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there comes a point where, you know, it's less about a number, like it's less about the subscribers or less about reaching a certain revenue goal. And you're like, I just want this lifestyle or I just want this life. And guys, like you can have it like it is in your reach. You have to do it. You have to have the drive and determination to go after it. But You would not be listening to this if you didn't. If you didn't. Yeah. Well, and like doing 
having hard conversations like this with yourself or your business partner or your partner in life or whatever to get these numbers to realize, oh, I need 16,666 people on my email list to reach that goal. Okay, that's not realistic. So what can I do to change it, right? And so it's it's knowing these things so you don't run away from them. It's knowing these things so you can create a game plan in spite of them. And if you don't know these things, if you don't have a goal, an actual number for you to work towards, you're just going to feel like you're constantly spinning your wheels and you're going to feel like you're not getting anywhere and you're going to feel like you can't reach your goals and that you're not making any money and that you're not making any progress. And so instead of running away from that, I want you to have the hard conversation once and then check in with yourself as you get progress, good or bad. So you know things, so you can be empowered by them and so you can make an actual game plan around them, okay? Because once you have this set up, once you say, these are the things I want to tackle, like you can break them down, baby steps. Like you do not have to bite off like, this massive piece in order to be successful. You literally could have one of your tasks be write an (laughs) opt-in, make a PDF out of it, put it on your email provider and like link it up Mm -hmm. to your website. Like those us that will get you to the subscriber goal, but you're thinking about the subscriber goal instead Mm -hmm. of the task. So I want you... I want you to have the hard conversation and I want you to go through this once a year or like really kind of have that like reality check about life. But in your day to day, I want you to come back and say, these are things that I have to focus on and not worry about the end game because you know you intentionally set up the little tasks to get you there. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.